I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply by bookmakers.com Hello, good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers brought to you by bookmakers.com. It's full-time Reds. It finished at Selhurst Park, Crystal Palace nil, Liverpool nil. One of the not classic at all nil alls. Uh, joined tonight by Kev. Kev How's your feelings about that? I, I might normally say is, uh, how did you enjoy that? But there was no enjoying that, was there? No, that was um, that was painful to watch. Um, toothless, uh, lacked aggression, lacked um, any kind of penetration at all. Uh, had a few half chances, but definitely it didn't do enough to win it. 100% didn't do enough to win it. And to be fair, neither did they. It was, it was a horrible watch. And it was a game that got the result that it deserved. Start to finish. Yeah, yeah it, it was. It was. I mean, it was the the best case scenario with ten minutes to go is don't lose it. You know, for for the way the season has gone, this game is typical of this season. It was just a nothing a nothing game. It's like at the very least, at least come away with a point. For how bad it was, come away with a point, and at least you can turn around to yourself. To that, well, the squad, you'll, you're going to turn around to the squad and say, Look, that's three clean sheets and on the bounce in the league, seven points from the last nine. You've got these two games coming up. That's what he'll say. That's the, the only way that you can you can look at that because if you look at it any other way, you'll just you lose your you'll, you'll lose your will to live. You will. It's It's like there is nothing that can be done between now and the end of the season to affect that squad. Nothing. Can't sign anyone, you can't loan anyone. The squad is the squad now. There's no point in playing the if spots and maybe's game. Uh, we are where we are today, and that squad has got to find a way of putting results together. And if you're gonna play shit and turn in shite performances like that, don't fucking lose. Yeah, you know, and the only the only thing that you can come out of that with today is they didn't fucking lose. Yeah, and and that's it. It was 
Brian O'Halloran in the spot on there. It was that fucking painful, you know. And it was. It was like chances that we had. You look at it. Salah hit the crossbar, and for all the money in the world, I that looked in. That just looked in for all the money in the world, and it clipped the underside of the crossbar. Yeah. Uh, Jota hit the post with a header, but he was never doing anything with that. Gakpo had the chip that went went high, went out wide. Not yeah. an awful lot more he can do with that. Goethe got out well to him. And if one of the first half, I think Jota had that one that came onto him on the volley. And he did his best to just get it on target, but it was straight at the keeper. But that right. ball, that ball fizzed on the grass. When you when you saw it bounce, it bounced and it fizzed. So he he actually did well to get that just to get his foot over it and get it on target. But other than that, I can't think of any anything through I suppose Matip had that one late on the second half and from that set piece but you know other than that it was nothing I mean it'll get lost on people but you know Palace Sellers Park at the minute is not an easy place to go and we said it and you got the guys that were on last night said it straight you look at the fact that Palace haven't won a game in six, I think, going into tonight. Yeah, but very, you look at the, very poor form they're in. But then you look at the points that they've taken off the sides around them and around us and above us. Yeah. In that run, the draws don't look as bad as what, you know, they could. It, if no win in six, and then you look at the amount of draws against sides who are above them, if you're in Palace's position, you take the point all day long. And Palace were, you know, set up for that. They were set up for the draw. If if they managed to nick anything or if we managed to figure out a new way to give away a goal, then, you know, and we nearly did. We almost figured out another way to give away a goal, but we didn't. <laughs> um, but, yeah, look, you just take the point and move on. There's fuck all else you can do about it. Nothing. Yeah, I I can tell you the one positive I took out of the game today, and I think it would be if we had to pick a man of the match for Liverpool, my man of the match would have been Allison for his sweeping. He was absolutely unflustered by his error against Real Madrid. Yeah. The, the the sweeping that he did coming out of his box, taking that extra touch with the ball when he's being semi closed down by a Palace player, that he was about the only player who looked like he had his head screwed on straight. Yeah, it was. Um... I mean, he—he he, look, he, he's as good as he is. You know, he—he he is a really top top tier keeper. And but look, these are games that we need to be winning. And I agree with you. Man of the match would have been Allison, but that's not good enough. And the thing oh. is, I saw him one. Someone put a comment in earlier on there, and the average age of the squad tonight was over 29, 29.6, and three players under the age of twenty six. Yeah, it's like look. We know what needs to happen in the summer, but until the summer, it's it's just. I mean, if you want, if people want, or if anyone wants to moan and cry like babies, but what's the point? Nothing can change between now and June, and between now and then, there's going to be loads of time, loads yes. of gossip, loads of time to fill. To yeah. you know, and I just. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what needs to happen. We can all see what needs to happen. You know, that midfield when you saw the lineup tonight, what did you what were your first impressions? Because I understand I understood it. 
But I mean, the defense and the keeper kind of picks itself. Uh, I'm amazed that Robertson is just going again and again and again. Eventually, Simicast has to play. Like, he's got to get the start against Wolves because this will be, what, seven, eight games in a row now for Robertson. And we're playing midweek games. Like, they're starting to really add up. So I I was thinking maybe Simicast might get a start, but it didn't surprise me that we rolled again. Obviously, Gomez got hurt, so Matip has to come in beside Virgil uh, because those are our only senior center halves. The forwards are the forwards. I mean, the news kind of broke this morning. You started to hear a few murmurings that Darwin was definitely going to miss the game, not even be in the yeah. squad sort of thing. That's a huge, huge bummer. I, that's a real bummer. Uh, presumably yeah. it's the shoulder, the knock that he took against Newcastle that's keeping him out of the team. Because somebody in here said, you know, it's kind of – it's worris- worrisome, I think was the word they used, that without Darwin in attack, we look kind of toothless. But that's just his – his pace he's so fast that he can just it's, cause damage out of nothing it's it's the type of player i was say we were, i was chatting with chris during the game and you it was i i liked in the first half when cody came short because yeah. he came short he got the ball and he got the ball and turned in space and he did it two or three times but the options weren't there around him no one was making runs going beyond him mm-hmm. and jota and salah were either too wide and too far away nabby couldn't get in and Milner on the other side couldn't get in. So it's like he's done all the all the good work that you want your false nine to do is you're coming short, you're taking taking the ball in good spaces, you're turning into space and into areas to move into, and there's nobody there. You know, and it happened in the first half so many times with Trent. He was there was one that typified the whole half for me. He got a throw in, played the throw in, played three passes, the ball got back to him. He put his head up. There is no pass on, nothing. He turns and it goes out for a throw to Palace. It's like they work these patterns of play so much. They know where they're supposed to move to. And it should it it has to be like instinct. And either they're not doing it, they don't believe in it, which is worse. And or they're just afraid to. You know, they're afraid to overcommit in case they get caught in the sucker punch and the other way around. Yeah. I mean, but I saw the midfield and I thought, okay, Naby hasn't started in a while. When he did play, he did all right. Wasn't setting the world on fire, but he was okay. Um, Henderson or Fabinho, it had to be one or the other. And the joint consensus was it was going to be Henderson was going to start over Fabinho because Fabinho's shot shit. And it was going to be Milner over Bacetic all day, every day, twice on Sunday, because the guy's played eight games in a row. He's yeah. a kid, and Has to at have some point, he's just come off playing three games in a week against Real Madrid in his last game where he got a spanking. All right, and it did him, it's not, I don't think him starting would have made a blind bit of difference. No. All right, and at some point, you got to take him out the firing line, give him a break. And tonight was as good a game as any to do it. Milner came in, he did a job, he was all right. You know, and at the end of the day, what you got out of James Milner tonight is what you get out of James Milner all the time. Yeah. You know, he'll put in a shift, he'll do it, he'll do what he can, but he doesn't have that what what James Milner used to have. He had a burst of pace that could get him get him into space. His ability to read games is always there, and, and that's still there. But he even his passing, I think he completed fifty over fifty. 
fifty percent of his long ball passes he completed was more than anyone anyone else in the midfield. But for me, the worst one of the lot, the worst one of the three by an absolute country mile was Navigator. I <laughs> it was literally the he was the dictionary definition of I don't fucking want to be here. Yeah, you know. Yeah. How I'm many fouls here. do I have to commit that look like I'm trying hard, but I get sent off and I can jump in the showers early? It was like, here's the thing, right? And I take this from what was said in Klopp's press conference yesterday. And I don't, for some unfathomable reason, people still struggle to understand this concept that if a player has a contract, you cannot force that player to leave the club. It's as simple as that. And if you've got players who do not want to leave, they do not have to leave. Naby Keita is perfectly within his rights to sit in his contract and stay at Liverpool until the last day and take every single penny out of the club he wants yep. to. Because we signed a deal in good faith, and so did he. Oxley chamberlain exactly the same. Bobby Firmino, exactly the same. James Milner, exactly the same. So the idea that you can buy these players' contracts out, which you can't if they don't want to go, is a non-runner. It doesn't happen. It can't happen. It's against the law for it to happen. You know, contrary to popular belief, it's not football manager. It's not FIFA 14 on computer manager mode. You cannot force players to leave if they don't want to leave. I'm sorry. Now, at the end of the day, the problem is when you ask him to come in and do a job, he fucking doesn't. And today was just another example of it. And the fact that he made it to halftime was dumb luck. Yes. Dumb luck and fucking ignorance from a referee. That's all it was. It was he he was dead lucky not to get sent off in that first half for two yellows. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you're left in with a chance. The changes that came on, Harvey Elliott came on, and Harvey has literally been involved in so many games this season. That game. I could understand him not starting, but at the same time, when he came on, he had that extra bit of quality to play passes into dangerous areas that just wasn't there in the first half. It just simply fucking wasn't. So fair play to him and the passes that he made because it gave it created a few chances at least. It looked like we were liable to do something so going forward into the next game i think he's almost a dead certain start yeah you know but the other option for subs late on would have been carvalho i thought late on because i was fully on fully on board with i'd rather lose it trying to win than let it peter than let it peter out no because look i'm right at this point now where wins are everything okay and I wanted to either put Carvalho or Jones on for the last change instead of Stefan. Right, I'd have rather gone 4-4-2 or 4-2-4 for the last 10 minutes and either put Jones or Carvalho wide left and Jota and Salah through the middle and Harvey wide right and just gone with two in the middle of the park. I'd rather do, try that and try to win and risk losing. Rather than as it's as it turned out, let the game peter out, and that's still at fucking risk of losing anyway, you know. But he brought Stefan on for the last ten minutes to see the, the last few minutes to see the game out, and I thought it was a negative change from Klopp. I thought it was just 
uh, a change for change's sake, you know, more than anything. Because for the last 10 minutes of a game that we need to win, we didn't look anywhere. We didn't look like creating a damn thing. You no. know, it was it was like the game petered out to a damn squib. And Palace more than deserved their draw. They didn't deserve a win. They didn't do anything to deserve a win. Nobody deserves they definitely a win. Deserve, no, 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 they don't. No, but anybody that watched the 90 minutes today knows that there should not be three points given out for the result of that game. It was it was really just poor. Like the second half, it's just boring. It was just boring football. Not a lot happened. But yeah, I, look, I mean, Elliot was not shite, Colin. I don't know what your what game you watched today. He did he give not, like I you know but, I love Harvey Elliott, but he yeah. did give the ball away poorly at least. But what twice. was he trying what was he trying to do with the ball? This is trying true. to look forward. This is why I kind of I kind of disagree with what you were saying about how you would have wished we'd have made changes to try to win the game at risk of losing it as opposed to the draw. Because I think if we'd have lost this game, it would have been crippling to our momentum, to our psyche, to the team, like on a on a mental level as a whole. I think it just would have been horrible coming off of one of our most embarrassing defeats when the entire world is watching Anfield and it starts so well and then goes so poorly and you get attacked by a fucking cat. Horrible night. The last thing we needed to do was to come off of that and have a loss. We needed to draw a line under the performance that was Real Madrid, realize that the Champions League is just a bridge too far for us this season and focus on our league performance. And, like, we need to put wins on the table. I said before the game that it's a must win. A must win. But I think, in retrospect now, because I'm trying to put some positives on it because I had the whole second half to think about it because the football was so boring that it was hard to watch the game. So, like, a couple of things you mentioned. You talked about Keita. Keita was so pedestrian and so just not on it that even my wife, who is a Liverpool fan, but, uh, you know, she sits beside me on the couch and watches it. She said, she's like, it looks like he doesn't want to play for us. Like, is he done with us? Like, he looks like he doesn't want to play for us anymore. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm super happy that we have the once every two or three months game where all Liverpool fans can say, I hope Naby Keita never plays another game for Liverpool ever again. You know, we yeah. we all said it before the United game where he mysteriously got injured and everybody just jumped off and was like, Nabi Keita will never play for us ever again. This felt like another one of those games where it was like, what are you doing to us, Nabi Keita? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Fabinho, to me, was just, oh man. we. I don't know if we can afford for him as a football club in the transfer market with so much work to do. I don't know if we can afford with needing to replace Fabinho. There was a moment at 76 minutes, Bobby Firmino tries to do too much with the ball in the midfield. He gets his pocket picked. They get the ball and start heading towards our goal. And Fabinho's first step is the complete wrong direction. Like he totally stepped out of the way and gave their, I can't remember who had the ball for them. Maybe Edward was the one who took the ball off of Firmino. And then and then uh, Fabinho has to recover and take a yellow card, you know, pull, pull the player down. But 
if you just watch it again, when I was watching it, I couldn't believe that his footballing instinct, his footballing brain said for when the ball breaks there and the player is there with the ball to make your first step be that way. Just, it was so, so, so poor. And, but I mean, that was, to me, that was pretty much about it in the game. And at about 70 minutes, 75 minutes, I was totally okay with taking a draw out of it because if we can take the Real Madrid game out of it and look at our Premier League games in isolation, like you said, seven points out of nine, two wins and a draw. We got to go and play Wolves. And then we got the big game against Manchester United at the weekend. And that's, if we'd have lost this game and had an embarrassing loss, a disappointing loss, and then whatever the result may be against Wolves in midweek before the United game, I just think it would have been too much for a team that we used to call mentality monsters and were in awe at how nothing seemed to phase them. Everything seems to phase all of our players now, with the exception of Allison Becker. Mm. I mean, I've seen a few of the comments there saying about Harvey. I completely fucking disagree with all of you. Um, he was the only one of the midfield today that looked like he wanted to play and get forward and create something and try to make something happen. And when you do that, you you take risks. And I'd rather have someone like that than someone whose first instinct is to get the ball and pass it back to Matic or to turn it and pass it back to Trent or play it back to Alisson and recycle it and go again. Sorry, that's just me. Yeah. The other, Some of the other comments that I think are well worth discussing is the amount of legs that gassed on the hour. <laughs> um Trent looked like he was running in Trico, which isn't surprising. Um I think I don't know if Rory's in the chat, but if he isn't and Rory's watching on the download, if Rory could put something together, I'd really appreciate it. Would be look at the amount the distance covered by our fullbacks in games, because the amount of football that Trent and Robertson are playing at the moment. He was fine defensively. And some of his play in the first half is okay. You know, I wouldn't say it was outstanding by any stretch. Far from it. You know, the best thing he did is in the first half was a free kick that Henderson managed to fucking find a way to get in the way of. <laughs> but space. he looked absolutely running on fumes. And it had to be made. And the problem you've got at the minute is without... Joe Gomez to come in and cover a right back the out game here and there. And Calvin Ramsey's had knee surgery, so he's out for the season. It's it's pretty thin at right back. It is literally. Yeah, for the Trent or Milner for the for the next three weeks, four weeks. Because you know, with hamstrings, I mean they're saying two weeks with um with Joe Gomez, that he might be available, but that could be four, we don't know. And there's an awful lot of football to be played in the next three to four weeks. So, I mean, um, Ibu Kanate, back training, but how, whether it's full training and how available he's going to be, don't know. Um, you'd hope that he might be available for the Manchester United game, maybe on the bench for Wednesday night. Or is it Wednesday night? Against Wolves? I think it is. Uh, yes, yes, it is Wednesday. Yeah, you Wednesday, hopefully Wednesday, he might be yeah. hopefully he might be available for the bench. And fingers crossed, um Darwin 
was just look not rest risked for today because it's the one thing that game today was screaming out for is someone to run behind, yeah, someone to run behind, someone to give someone someone like Harvey, like Robertson, like Trent, Virgil, someone to hit, someone who's going in behind who can make Mark Gahey not have the game all in front of him. It's all right from time to time with the games in front of you and you're playing up to forwards and they're playing it back to bring others into play. That's fine. But the whole game was in front of Mark Gahey and he looked like an absolute superstar. And he's a good centre-back, don't get me wrong. Same with Anderson, they're good centre-backs. But if you don't turn them around, yeah, if you, you know, they're, they're, what are you going to do? Uh, and Anderson played one pass. I'm just trying to look and see here. I know I wrote it down. He played one pass for them out of the back that picked out uh, who would have been on the right wing. IU maybe. Yeah. And two two passes. That was the cross they put that went through the absolute corridor of uncertainty, and it was just beyond. I think it just went past Mateta. Of it was that. There's two things in this game that summed up our season. That to me was one of them. Was one diagonal ball from a center half out to the wing. And then one cross into the box, and they are immediately threatening our goal. That to mm. me is one of the things that sums up our season. And the other that's one vin- that's vintage Liverpool from three years ago, Mike. Yeah, exactly. It's what we used to do to teams, and we are unable yeah. to do now. The other one was at the 88th minute. We had the ball at the back, and Virgil van Dyke played a pass to Stefan Bacetic, where the only thing he could do was run towards the sidelines with two palace players at his back. And it was because again, at this point, I was bored out of my mind with this game. But that pass, that pass to me summed up our season so much that one of our veteran stalwart world-class players did something like that that put all this pressure on a kid to just go and do something with that. The word the only thing Bachetich could do was put it out for a palace throw-in at best. Yeah. That was the best case scenario. It was just so and from there, from there, they created the last bit of pressure for the end of the game, didn't they? They had the couple set pieces uh, yeah. at the end of the game where you're praying for the whistle. You know, normally at a in a in a draw situation, I'm hoping that they add on 15, 20 minutes for us to go and get the winner. You know, 83rd minute, I was like, we just need to get a late winner here. It'll be one of those games. Somebody will yeah. pop up from somewhere. And then the last, yeah, from about the 88th minute onward, it was just come on, full time whistle. Just anytime now, anytime now. Yeah, I mean, Jared. Jerk Cahill there, Salah ran his legs off tonight, really, and look, do you think? First 15 minutes, I thought our forwards looked phenomenal. Like somebody earlier said that Gakpo was invisible tonight. I didn't think so at all. I thought for the first 25 minutes, he looked phenomenal. I called him a tall Bobby at one point. When yeah, I was for the first my... half, I thought I was all right with him. Yeah, his strength in collecting the ball, he was dropping as deep where he's basically making it a two, like a double pivot in midfield. He's dropping so deep to collect yeah. the ball, and he's a strong boy. When he gets a player at his back, he's able to shield the ball and spin very much like Genie yeah. Wijnaldum. You know, it's a bit of that Dutch influence about it. And then he just disappeared from the game. And Mo looked dangerous at the start. Jada looked like he could be having a bit of a game. But after about 20 minutes, we created nothing going forward. Yeah. Just Laszlo made a point there. Without space to run into, we can't create anything. I completely disagree. I'll tell you why. Just physically having someone, a forward, a Darwin, a Jota can do it as well. Someone to make runs in behind forces them to hold a lot, hold a line. From there, you can you can go long, and you can pick up second balls in midfield, 
but you're picking the second balls up high up the pitch to go maybe 5v5. And from there, you can build and go again. But we were trying to build up through the through the thirds so much. The amount of times that we were struggling just to get the ball out of our own half. And by the time we did, they were set. They had their back, their back four, their two holding midfielders, and their other three in midfield. They only left one up top. They were four, five, one. They were set in stone for and we couldn't move them around. So at least what I'm saying is at least if you have a runner or one or two people who run beyond, make those runs in behind. It gives you an option. It's not going to work. You might make a dozen runs in a game and the ball might never come, but it might free up space for others to move into. That's the only point I'm, I was saying about the whole thing. Yeah. It, it, I know they don't leave much space in behind, but at the same time, you've got to challenge that space when it's there. And we didn't. I mean, the, the chances that we did have, I mean, Salah's chance, the one that hit the post or hit the crossbar, for all all the money in the world, that looked in. Yeah. But uh, the Gakpo chip was like, look, the, that shit her burst. If Gaeta did as well as he could to get out as to get out as fast as he did. And I, they were on about it in the commentary. Could he have gone around the keeper? Don't think he could. If you actually look at when he got his foot on the ball, Gaeta was right there. The only thing he could have maybe done was try to shift it, move the ball to take the challenge and get a penalty. But even then, if his first instinct is to go for the chip and try to score, you know, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was not a good game, but like, no, I don't know. Like, I, I, I see some of the reaction online in the chats and everything like that. And it's like, this is not the game for that. This is not the game to be going over yeah. the top saying everybody needs to be sold. Like we, we went matter. away, we kept a clean sheet, a team which their best strength is definitely going forward. I mean, apparently not because holy crap, Palace are struggling to score goals. And I, I just think with the players they have on paper, they look like they should score enough goals to be safe of relegation battle. But if they don't pick up some points in their next couple of games here, like they're going to be, they're going to be in that mire. I don't think they're bad enough to go down, but you got to start yeah. scoring some goals. We just need to move on. Like that's, it was just boring. Like it was, you know, man. Uh, Laszlo actually makes a really good point there. If you bring that back up, um, it's basically saying that all of our goals lately have come on the counter and on the break. Yeah, most of them actually have, and a lot of that problem comes from the create the lack of creativity in midfield, and. It's like if you can't get your crosses coming from wide, if that quality isn't there, forwards aren't going to do it themselves all the time. So they have to get service from midfield. And to do that, something has to change. And it's either going to have to be a tactical shift or a a mentality shift and be more risk-averse in the way we play because we were so conservative. I 100% agree with that. Like, Afraid I don't of, think of taking risks. Yeah, I don't think we're playing at a level. The team is clearly, obviously, and you don't even have to think about it. The team is clearly oh, yeah. at a level where we're not able to play the type of football where we can impose our game on any team. It doesn't matter who we play. Like I don't know if it was something from Klopp's book or maybe from Linder's book of like the arrogant attitude of we don't need a plan B because our plan A is good enough to beat anybody. 
our plan A isn't good enough to beat anybody anymore. And we no. can't just go to plan B. We just need to change plan A for the rest of the season. Because like you said, there's there's no reinforcements coming. There's no cavalry. <laughs> there's no Gandalf arriving at the dawn or anything like that. This is the team we have to go with. So if we just need to revert to a type of team that doesn't get scored against easily and can hit teams on the counter, because teams are seeing us now, like from the first game of the season, Fulham sense blood from game one. And good for them for, I don't know how they sniffed that out. You know, maybe it was just a lucky chance that they took, but they came for us. They didn't sit back. It's the opposite of what Newcastle's experiencing. At the start of the season, teams were like, bah, Newcastle. And then you get about halfway through the season and everybody's going, hmm, this Newcastle's pretty good. Let's just sit back a little bit. Same thing's happening with Arsenal as well, too, where teams are changing the way that they approach games. Teams are changing the way they approach games against Liverpool because we're such a soft fucking touch. Everybody thinks that they can beat us. Everybody thinks that they can score against us. Mm. And so we need to change our game to evolve with that because we're not good enough to impose the style of system that we were playing a year or 18 months or 24 months ago. We're not good enough anymore. So we just need to change. So we need to take the fact that we can keep a clean sheet. We need to not get scored against. If we don't get scored against, you know, if we can keep more clean sheets than not, odds are pretty good that we're going to end up in at least a Europa League place, if not be pushing for a top four place which is the best that we can hope for. That doesn't happen if we're a sit at the back. If we're giving up a goal, two, three goals a game, we're never going to make top four because we don't have the goals in our team. But we got enough goals normally to win a 1-0 game. We didn't today because for some reason after about 20 minutes, our attack just, their dentures fell out and we were completely and utterly toothless. So it's just, I think you you just write this one off. Yeah, as it stands at the minute, we're in seventh on... 23 games played, 10 wins, 6 draws, 7 losses, scored 38, conceded 28, goal difference of plus 10 and 36 points. Above us, you've got Fulham on 39, say with 2 more games played. Newcastle on 41, same games played. Uh, Spurs are in 4th on 42 points. So we're 7 points off Spurs with the game in hand. But it's points in the bag, not games in hand that matter. And at the minute, Spurs are on a run of three wins, two losses in their last five. We're one, two wins, two draws, and a loss in our last five. See, you, it's the one thing I'm looking at the table now. And I suppose up until, I suppose up to City, really, City and Arsenal, even our. Arsenal at the minute, two losses, a draw, and two wins in their last five. There's no consistency in any side in the league at the minute. No. No, right the way up and down the league, there's points up and grabs in every single game. Even the teams at the bottom aren't even being consistently shit. Southampton gets a win. Everton gets a win. Wolves gets a win. You know, Bournemouth, Nottingham Forest, like teams are picking up wins. Leeds today, a huge win today for Leeds. Yeah. Well, I'm just looking at the bottom there now. You got Southampton on 18, Bournemouth on 21, Everton 21, Leeds 22, West Ham 23, Wolves 24. Wolves' last five games, two wins, two losses, and a draw. So, farm at the bottom. This is what I mean. It's like two and one. That's good. Up and down the league from Everton in 18th to Liverpool in 7th is 21 31 15 points yeah yeah really the only team that's being consistent right now is 
throw up in my mouth for a second. Manchester United. Uh, United. Yeah. And uh, where, where? What are they at? Let's have a look. Hang on. Manchester United. Yeah, three wins, a loss, and a draw. Hey, even that's not that consistent. No. There's a loss in their last five games. Yeah. It's... I mean, when you, when you think about what Man City forced us into doing, putting eight, nine, ten, twelve wins on the bounce just to just to stay, just to to stand still. Yeah. That's not in this. That's not there this season. That's what will probably give anyone with a, a shred of posi- of positivity that. There's enough games left between now and the end of May that anything can happen. You know, it's like, you know, you just got to give yourself, I suppose the only way you can look at it is you have to give yourself a chance, but you can't keep, you can't turn in too many more performances like that. The clean sheet, I thought the clean sheet was a lock in today. I mean, Palace didn't have, Alisson didn't have a save to make. They had one effort that hit the crossbar. Other than that, they did absolutely nothing at home. You know, they got the point that they wanted and fair enough, fair play to them. But we we have to do more. We have to create more. And between now and the end of the season, these are the type of games that you have to be turning around and winning because, you know, we're, we're playing catch up in a big, big way. Yeah. And, and not our man ball of catch up either. Um, uh, Ochins there says beat Wolves and we're one point away from the magical 40 points line so we can secure our safety for another season in the top flight. It's it's just a mad season. Like when I when you mentioned that you talked about how not- to go down with more than 40 points. Just out of curiosity, I'd love to know because that that has been always the safeguard to get I wonder how many points it'll take this time to go down. You know, yeah. I think I think it could. It could be the situation this season where it could be into the low forties with the way that sides down down there at the minute are picking up draws and picking up wins all around them. You know, there's there's still a lot of sides that can get caught up in that. It's it's shaping up to be a really exciting season in terms of the title race, the European race, and the relegation race again for the Premier League. And yeah, you you talk about the inconsistencies of all the teams and like City being so hit and miss, just so hit and miss. Did I freeze it. up there? Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. My connection is no, it's anyways. sorry. It's probably mine. It's getting to that time of night now where everyone is coming home and they're all coming going online. Ah, uh, you got that co-op internet. Yeah. Well, you got to put a sign on your front lawn that says, "Hey, everybody, I do a show after the Liverpool games. Please have a little yeah. bit of courage. Give, have a bit of respect, like you know what yeah, I mean." Come on. But come on. I mean, there's a comment there. Frank could say, well, "Who's going to create?" And you can't see anyone creating anything to get on a decent run of form. It's, I, I definitely think there's a case to be put playing too up top and playing too wide. And playing four four two, and drawing sides onto us to to play more on the counter attack. You know, if you're not going to dominate the ball, change it in game. You know, you can play your play four three three. See how the game starts. See how the, the game develops. If it's not happening, change it. But to do that, I think you've got to start with four forwards or four forward thinking players. 
be that you start with two holding two midfielders who can play in a double six or who can play as you know two just two central midfielders and one who's more of an attacking midfielder, someone who can make runs in behind. And just try it. Yeah. I mean, look, worst case scenario is look, we don't make top four. Yeah. At the end of the day, it doesn't look like we're gonna fucking make it anyway. No. So try it. You know, it's not and it, it's a case when you get Bobby and Jota back to some kind of match fitness, because there's a different, there's a, a huge thing. And you saw it tonight in Jota. You know, he was a, he was running in mud after the hour. But when he's able to do, he should be able to do 90 minutes for the Manchester United game. You know, this will be his third and fourth week back. Yeah. If you could play a front four with Darwin, Gakpo, Jota and Salah. Yeah. With two midfielders behind them. Supported by a back four, you don't need your fullbacks to get in beyond. You need your fullbacks to tuck inside then, and look to create that way. Try, try it. Well, or, or you get your fullbacks to play the pass like Trent played for Darwin's goal against Newcastle, where he's still in our half. He's a little bit more inside than you would expect the right back to be, but he just gets his head up and he's able to survey the the lay of the land, and he makes that eye contact with Darwin that just says go. And Darwin makes the run and Trent just chips that ball over the top. Like that's what we can do. And you're, you're totally right. It allows us to keep our back four as a back four defend for defending sake and don't concede goals. But I mean, we certainly tried in this game. We made just some silly errors Our the right side of our defense just seems like it has a Rick in it, but, but we got through it. We wrote our luck. That's what I said at halftime. I, I write a little halftime sum up for myself. And it was like, you know what? We wrote our luck. We had a couple of times where in other games, we give that goal away. Trent plays a yeah. pass back to Allison that is just fucking horrible. Horrible. Yeah. And in another game, that's a goal for them, and we're down 1-0, and the whole nightmare starts over again. But it didn't happen. We rode our luck. You know, we didn't get the ball bouncing for us. We didn't get the lucky break. You know, we didn't get a goalkeeper error or anything like that from them. It was a nil-nil game that just completely ran out of steam by about the hour mark, and both teams were – ready to just go home and call it a day. Yeah. Well, we're back at it again in, what, four days? Yeah, so, Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Uh, yeah. Our fr our friend of, the, friend of the show and frequent guest in the chat, Arsenal for Life, was in here early with this question. How do you think you'll do against United? We're going to beat them. We're going to beat them. And we're going to help hand you guys the title because Man City just seems intent on throwing it away, even though they could win the title with one of their lowest points totals required ever. So we're going to do right by Arsenal and we're going to beat United. That's what's going to happen. Arsenal for life, because I can't bear to think of losing to Manchester United at this point. Nah, I'm not even thinking that far ahead, man. I just want to, I just got Wolves in it. Wolves on Wednesday. I'm off on Thursday. So every which way you look at it after the show finishes on Wednesday night, I'm, I'm getting on the cans. And I'm I'm not getting up on Thursday morning. <laughs> you know, it's one thing I'm glad actually. I gave up social media for Lynn. Oh so, yeah, yeah. For, I decided. Do you know what? I was so one thing with social media, right? The whole point of it is if you can't keep, if is to keep it. You know, just keep an eye on what's going on. But when it ain't fun, and it's just constant moaning and groaning and bitching and crying and poor me syndrome, it's yeah. like go away. So I've got eyes. I already feels like shit this season. 
I don't need to commiserate with you who feels like shit this season. I got yeah. enough misery of my own. You know, I don't need to compound that misery by reading other other bits of misery. Yeah, but Kev, you can no. read the, you can read the same misery every hour on the hour, regurgitated again and again and again and again and again. Isn't that doesn't that sound appealing to you? No, no, of course it doesn't. That's why I'm not on social media. <laughs> well, I missed I missed the uh, the video of the uh, the famous cat attack. Uh, I missed I missed it. Well, but I was here for the live show. Exactly. I saw it happen, and it was without doubt. The most, it was the single funniest thing I've ever seen on one of our podcasts. See if I can look at look at those bite marks. Oh man, she nailed you. Yeah, it's like a fucking vampire. See, see look, <laughs> there, look, tooth marks in me. A little, little bitch of a cat. It was not the cat. I'd be your therapist in here all day long, man. But I on social media, nah, nah. It's oh no, that cat nailed you proper. Yeah, well, she, she tried to defend herself from the stupid dog that was trying to kill the cat. So it's all the dog's fault. All the dogs fault. That's why, why dogs get blamed. Because yeah, it was the dog's fault, Kev. You weren't here. I was in the room. I bled. I drip oh, scarlet okay. for this, Kev. Cats are better than dogs. Official. I swear to God, I'm not lying. All right, hang on a sec. Hang on. Let's see I if like I can this, do this. Mr. Cat Cake only logged in for he, some cat ass. That's, that's that's my dog. Look All at right. him. You see the look in his eyes? That's guilt. That's because he's yeah. nasty. He knows he's bad. I'm gonna go get yeah. my kitties. Hold on. <laughs> no, you don't. Because I swear on my life, I played the video of that cat thing, and it just happened to be, it was on my phone, and the volume was up. I swear on my life, the hair on the back of his head, the hair on the back of my dog's neck stood up when he heard that fight. <laughs> yeah. And he ran, out, he ran out the front room, and he ran okay. into the kitchen. Look at how tough she is. She's a killer. <laughs> God damn it. She's just a killer. Actually, Jonathan, I am totally with you, my man. Cats are not to be trusted. They will eat you when you die. If you died in your house and Buffy died, don't think it won't happen. That cat would eat you. Is that not respectable from a cat? No. A, dog, a dog would let itself die with perfectly good meat there? I'm already dead. I'm not going to be offended. I'm dead. A cat is at least smart and resourceful enough to realize, holy shit, if I don't eat this guy, I'm going to die. So smart on the cats. Again, cats are better than dogs. It's just as simple as that. Uh, yeah, look, in fairness, it's the one thing with these chats, man. You never know which way it's going to go. <laughs> but, That's the greatest look. quote I've ever seen in my life from Quantum Geek, quoting Oscar Wilde, never trust anyone that doesn't like cats. I love cats. Doesn't do. sound like we, it. We, no, we've had two of them. Love them. But this guy here, he's just looking at me to let him out the back. Yeah. And it's like it's like zero degrees. It's thirty-two degrees Fahrenheit here at the minute. You know what wouldn't and do I that? Got, I gotta go and I gotta take him out. That's so right. We're your, gonna we're gonna cat wrap up. Want to go out? My I cat go out and she'd be gone for the night. Exactly, night. like like a grown adult. It's like a roommate versus a dog <laughs> is like a child. All right, I think that's enough from us, folks. Thanks for joining us on Full Time Reds. Uh, full slate of show coming up. Fatback Four will be on tomorrow. Uh, bookmakers.com is the show sponsor. So head on over to their website. If you want the best odds, gamble responsibly or don't gamble at all. Whatever's good for you. Check out Gav uh, does a show with them once a week. Also in the show description uh, and in the description link for whatever podcast platform you get this on, you'll see the link for our charity partner that we're working with raising money for breast cancer awareness. 12 women that played GAA out of Dublin are running the Dublin marathon. They're in the process of training and raising money and we're helping them out with that. So if you can donate a bit of money, head on over to the link there, the GoFundMe page, toss them a little bit of cash. 
if you can't share it to your social media, if you'd also like to sponsor a hole in the day trippers golf, uh, day that's coming up, I believe in June, Gab is definitely uh, open to sponsorships or prize donations or anything like that. All the proceeds from the night are going to go to the uh, GAA ladies raising money for the breast cancer. Um, and check out Gab Bang Average Golf. We're uh, looking forward to his uh, first proper full episodes coming out this week. Him and Neely out uh, playing a little bit of golf. I know he's looking for any uh, any suggestions for topics that they can talk about while they're out uh, hitting around <laughs> and filming it for YouTube, which should be interesting. It's very brave of Gav to ask for that from the masses. So before we get out of here, Kev, you got anything else? Nah, man. Uh, listen, I just want to thank everyone in the chat for getting involved and not losing the shit too much. We all know how frustrating it is at the minute. Yeah. Uh, please hit the like button and subscribe if you aren't subscribed already, but please hit the like button. Leave a review as well if you're a uh, five-star review, if you're listening on the, down, on the podcasts, wherever you get them from. Uh, it does help to get us higher up in the algorithms so the more people get to watch more people come in and get involved in the chat and it's better fun for everyone that's right get involved in the chat that's the biggest recommendation if you're listening on the download i can give to you if you have the ability to catch the shows live on youtube get involved in the chat because it's some of the funniest chat ever yeah you guys after i had to leave to go clean my cat wound up after the real madrid game the chat was phenomenal Give, give yourself, you guys should all take a bow. That was very well done. Amazing cat puns throughout. It was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> all right. Have a good night, everybody. We'll see you around. Come on. Sports Social Podcast Network.